From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. Uh, We are not in our normal North Florida studio. We are actually on the road here in beautiful Tampa, Florida, for the fabulous Florida tour, day number two. Now, I have to, before I get into uh, the heart of today, I do have to apologize due to uh, unforeseen circumstances and technical difficulties. There was no show yesterday, which would have been our first day uh, here in Tampa. But uh, we're just going to have to play a little bit of catch-up. I'm actually going to have to play a lot of catch-up because it has been a very, very, very news-packed 36 hours or so so let's get into it but before that just to let you know folks you can always send us email and contact us at in black and right at gmail.com or you can go to our website in black and uh, we have a special a uh, little something that I really couldn't put in the uh, put on the air but i could put it on the on the website it's uh it's from the gateway pundit and it has to deal with very shocking footage from january 6th that was uh turned over to the gateway pundit to show that the government it was a fed surrection not an insurrection and the cops decided to attack and that's the best I can do for right now because there is some really spicy, rough language in there. Uh, but you can find it only on inblackandright.net uh, from, the, uh, from the Gateway Pundit. But, my friends, of course, the big news yesterday was the Durham report and the repercussions of it are still being felt all throughout Washington. Now, yes, President Trump was exonerated. And it must have been incredibly painful for Jake Tapper on CNN to admit that, saying that it does exonerate Trump, but it also makes the FBI even worse than it already is because it is a dumpster fire, a big, honkin' huge, roaring dumpster fire. And they're not helping their case. Now, of course, because... People like James Comey and Christopher Ray and all these other yahoos who were involved with this whole scandal. Um, and Jane, oh gosh, super patriot, hip, <laughs> ugh, sanctimonious piece of crap, James Comey involved in this. I mean, and of course, what's the FBI's response? Well, we made some mistakes, some missteps. It's like, no, absolutely not. You little sanctimonious little snot rags. No, you actually broke laws. Bringing false information to the FISA court to get the warrants you needed, not once, but four separate times, because there were the three extensions on top of the original one, and you're still using, and you use the information from the now severely debunked 
uh, Christopher Steele dossier. And, oh my gosh, it's just hideous. And, and even in um, Durham's report, the Clinton campaign, Hillary Clinton's campaign, was all over it. They were behind the whole stinking thing. And uh, not that that's really a shock, because, I mean, it was essentially uh, Hillary Clinton's squirrel, if you want to call it, because it was meant to distract from her own severe ethical and possibly legal problems, breaking all kinds of federal laws and whatever with the email server, the 30,000 plus diluted, uh, deleted emails, which and bleached bit hard drives and destroyed Blackberries with no SIM cards. Oh yeah. It's like, oh here, look over here. Look, Trump's an agent, Trump's an agent, squirrel, squirrel. You know, I'm just going, okay, whatever. And now, now, I mean, the failures of Durham are just blaring to me. First of all, did he ever interrogate James Comey, Andrew McCabe, uh, the deputy director, the former deputy director, or Peter Strzok? Many of them get get questioned by Durham or any of his attorneys? No, absolutely not. I mean, hello, you didn't even bother to interview three of the principal players in this nonsense? That's just, that's just hideous. I mean, just nothing short of hideous. Um, were any of them ever possibly indicted? Nope. No new charges, no new indictments, no convictions. And that, too, was an egregious failure on Durham's part. I mean, those are just some of the lowlights or highlights, whichever you want to call them, of why this report really doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, except it vindicates Trump, totally exonerates him from anything, and it really shows how messed up and how arrogant, uh, with all the hubris and everything, that the not just the FBI... Not just the Justice Department, but the CIA and other intelligence agencies are. They are full-on arrogant and think that nobody can touch them, and they still have their security clearances intact. So, okay, that's bad enough. But now, in a related story that I just got today from Just the News, that and the headline goes FBI whistleblower claims retaliation for raising concerns about accuracy of Ray's J6 testimony. Whoa, wait a minute. Aren't there supposed to be laws that protect whistleblowers? And another FBI whistleblower is just now getting all kinds of retaliation because of what they said? Now, here we go, and I just want to read just a couple of the uh, paragraphs starting out, just telling you how messed up this is. And from the story, and I quote, A decorated FBI intelligence analyst has alleged to the Justice Department watchdog and Congress 
that he was retaliated against and his security clearance suspended for raising concerns about the factual accuracy of Director Christopher Ray's testimonies, testimony to lawmakers about the investigation into the Jan 6 Capitol riot, according to a letter obtained by Just the News. The lawyer for intelligence analyst Marcus Allen told Congress his client, a retired Marine who once was, I'm sorry, was once named the FBI Employee of the Year in his Charlotte, North Carolina office, but today has found himself without a paycheck and sidelined after raising concerns about the accuracy of Ray's testimony during a Senate hearing. Okay, yep, as if the, the Durham report showed how arrogant and vicious the FBI was back in 2016, 20, 2015, 2016, and everything that was connected with that mess. Now they're going after they're they're going after the whistleblowers. Plus, you throw in that FBI agents are now being required to sign uh, non-disclosure agreements to prevent whistleblowing. So, if the FBI is supposed to be this lauded this lauded and you know we're we're the men and women of the FBI are such people of integrity yeah okay no sorry i mean christopher ray and james comey all y'all and people like mccabe and all of the other upper echelon on the 7th floor of the hoover building really suck because you've got you're nothing you're your agency's credibility is gone. Poof, up in smoke. And I'd love to see how many Republicans in the House, when it comes to appropriation time, and it's not that far away, because the end of the fiscal year is September 30th. I'd love to see what the House appropriators are going to be doing with the FBI. And even former FBI employees... Uh, some of them being whistleblowers, have finally just said, enough is enough. There is no redemption for the FBI as an, as an institution. It needs to be just defunded, dismantled, and either reconfigured into something else or provide local and state law enforcement uh, with some of their... Uh, with some of their people and some of their uh, responsibilities and duties. Now... I can see that happening. I really can. I just wish it didn't come to that point. But hey, the FBI asked for it. The F FBI got it. Ay, 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 ay. So that's pretty sad. Um, let's see. Let's check out some other things in the news today. Oh, yes. Can't forget this. Now, in a pretty brilliant move, I think, uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy this afternoon on Capitol Hill uh, had a press conference with not just members, Republican members of the House, but they also had public uh, uh, Republican members of the Senate in a news conference to put pressure on Joe Biden to actually come up with a debt ceiling deal. Now, apparently... Uh, Grandma Janet Yellen 
didn't bother to tell Congress that, oh, yes. And they found out later that the deadline for a debt ceiling deal is going to be June the 1st. That's two weeks from now. And now they're talking, they're saying, hey, Joe Biden, where are you going, buddy? We have to fix this. And the fact that you didn't even bother to want to negotiate, uh, you know, for 97 days, and now we've got two weeks left to get a deal. And where is Joe Biden? He left for Japan. And, of course, now he puts in charge these two people uh, appointed as negotiators. One of them is a guy named Steve Ricchetti. And, I'll t and this is just beautiful. Uh, reading this headline, New White House debt ceiling negotiator Ricchetti played big role in Hunter Biden laptop ruse. Mata, this is going to be fun because now you've got one of the one of the two advisors that Biden appointed to be his debt debt ceiling negotiating team is a guy who helped organize one of the most blatant, blatantly false political dirty tricks that I've seen in a lot of years. He helping organize that that letter with the 51 intelli former intelligence op, uh, officials saying that Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian information, as Russian disinformation, and frankly, and, and they knew it. All of them, the signatories, all of them knew it. And this guy, Ricchetti, helped organize it. And the guy who outed him as someone who helped was Mike, Mor Mike Morrell the former deputy director of the CIA when he sang to the House Judiciary Committee. Oh, this is going to be real interesting. With two weeks left before we have some type of default, Biden sends his, his negotiators, one of them who orchestrated this mess, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is going to be fun, and I sincerely hope that Kevin McCarthy, uh, Speaker McCarthy, and those who are negotiating this thing know what, what they're up against. <laughs> they, I really hope they know what they're up against because this guy who has severe, and I do mean severe, credibility problems is going to be negotiating, frankly, something that's so important that if we don't get it right, our economy is just going to just end up majorly tanking. And now, of course, the fact that today you had these Republican members of the House and the Republican members of the Senate who are saying, hey, and, and the senators were there, and it was great. You had a member of the House. You also had a member of the Senate. Member of the House, member of the Senate. And they were putting a united front together because there's some, what, 45 Republican senators who are letting the House take the lead on this. But unfortunately, because you have schmucky Chucky Schumer, who won't come up with anything in the Senate, so 
because the House has already passed a bill to raise the debt limit, but also include substantial real cuts, not reductions in the rate of growth, but real honest to goodness cuts. And we can't, and of course, you know, the chicken littles of Washington are like, oh, we can't have that. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. We have to, we can't cut. It's like, and of course they're playing games. They're playing Russian roulette with you, the American hardworking people. And yeah, it's going to be a mess. It, I mean, keep in mind, it is Biden and his people who are playing Russian roulette here. Because if, but, and I pray to God it doesn't happen, but if something like this, like some sort of a default happens, it will be Joe Biden's fault. It will totally be Joe Biden's fault. Now, of course, the mainstream media will scream. It's like, oh, it's a Republican. This is a Republican. If you do not listen to them, please, if you have any sort of fair-mindedness and integrity and just a little basic common sense, there's no way in hell you can believe that. There's not. Because it will be Biden. Because he was the one who thought in his dementia-ridden mind that in recalcitrance and stubbornness and hubris was going to win the day. And no, it didn't. It didn't at all. And now they've been forced to negotiate. And yes, okay, so he's got a couple of negotiators that's going to be working with uh, Speaker McCarthy and the House Republicans and maybe even the Senate Republicans to get a deal. Now, whether that deal will be done by schmucky Chucky Schumer, I highly doubt, unless he finally has maybe gotten some sense and realized, yeah, Joe Biden is not negotiating. We tried to get him to negotiate, but he just didn't want to. So, okay, whatever. So that's pretty nutty. But the fact that you have one of these White House-appointed negotiators who also pulled this political dirty trick with the 51 signatories to this letter that turned out to be blatantly false, and everybody who signed it knew it. Yeah, this is going to be real fun for uh, Speaker McCarthy uh, and everything else. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. But what really... Now, trying to go from the sublime, from the ridiculous to the sublime, um, something that should give you some hope, folks. Now, last night in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, uh, apparently now we now know who's going to be going against their Democrat governor, uh, Bashir, and it's going to be none other than. Daniel Cameron, the state's Republican and black attorney general. He's been considered a rising young star in the GOP. And yes, just for those of you with Trump derangement syndrome, I'm just going to tell you that if you don't want to get triggered, just turn this off because President Trump backed his campaign. He won the primary last night. And yes, for those of you who are still 
got Trump derangement syndrome in your thick skulls, Trump hasn't gone anywhere. And certainly not in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Because it now has a black Republican conservative as its nominee for governor. Now, already, this could get real interesting. You already have, in that part of the country, in, that, in the South, you've got Winsome Sears, the lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, a black woman. You have Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of my beloved North Carolina, who is running for governor, and I'm rooting for him big time for him to win. And he does have Trump's support, at least for right now. I mean, I hopefully he won't do anything crazy, but Trump will come and campaign for Cameron. He will come and campaign for Mark Robinson. You know, in spite of what you've been told and programmed to believe that, you know, and, and especially black liberals, because I've dealt with them for 25 years and they're just as dingy now as they were back then, that you can't somehow be Republican and black? That's stupid. That is absolutely stupid. And Daniel Cameron is one of the reasons why that thinking is stupid. I mean, you've got in Congress right now, you have Burgess Owens, black Republican from Utah. You have Wesley Hunt now, black Republican from the state of Texas. You've got, of course, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. Please, Senator Scott, don't run. You're going to get you're going to get creamed especially in South Carolina, because they love Trump and they want him. But you can make that own decision yourself. I'm just trying to save you a really, ugh, an ugly time of it. But yes, there are plenty of black Republicans uh, around. And especially should this year uh, Daniel Cameron win the Republican, win the governorship of Kentucky, you get Mark Robinson wins governor next year in North Carolina, you will have something that has never been seen before. This will be our version of history. You want to talk about real diversity? Not one, not, but two Republican governors from pretty good-sized states, and they're black. Black and conservative is not an oxymoron. It's not. And, of course, you know, I have, you know, poor, you know, I hope Daniel Cameron is ready for the onslaught of all the normal pejoratives for black conservatives. Yeah, I'm sure he's heard it in his lifetime, but he is a young up-and-comer. And I sincerely hope that he wins just to make all of these wackadoodle leftists all kinds of ticked off because things are different now. This is not the same. And with Biden absolutely hemorrhaging in the polls and Trump with a major league surge, major league surge everywhere, even in Kentucky, he's leading the competition in the dust. 
totally in the dust. Now, sadly, uh, because of a tornado warning, uh, he had to cancel his rally in Des Moines, Iowa, but he will be back. Fear not. So, yeah, this is going to be a whole lot of fun watching this mess because they're going to go after Cameron hard. I mean, real hard and try to make him look like some type of, you know, like a buffoon, an extremist. It's like, you know, you've gotten Trump's support. I mean, ugh. They're going to do everything they can to mess with him. And I hope he's strong enough and smart enough not to go, not to take the bait. And the same thing, and I'm sure I'm Governor Robinson, I think is going to be just fine. Because, <laughs> I'll tell you, woo, that guy is a wonder to behold. And I think he will do fantastic as the governor of my home state. So we've got a lot of that going on. Uh, so a little, some good news, you know, some really good news uh, in that front. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, now, okay, now, here's something that just blows my mind. It totally blows my mind. You want to talk about a tale of, of silliness? Well, apparently... You know, the difference between California and Florida is day and night. And I will give you two stories that will definitely show this. Now, in Los Angeles, headline, drag group that mocks Catholics to be honored by the Los Angeles Dodgers? I mean, it's bad enough you're having to deal with the Los Angeles Lakers, who are about as woke as anything, and they're in the Western Conference Finals, you know, go Denver. I'm like, now the Dodgers are going to give some kind of award in mid-June? Uh, I mean, just reading the first paragraph of the story, oh my God. The Los Angeles Dodgers are expected to give a Community Hero Award next month to a drag queen group well known for mocking Catholics. The drag, groups, the, gra the drag group goes by the name of Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, and they describe themselves as leading-edge order of queer and trans nuns. Okay. Now, the Los Angeles Dodgers wanting to go woke and... Oh, aren't we just wonderful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Dodger season ticket holders, attention. Your, your team has gone all kinds of woke. And they need to be told and shown that you aren't okay with this. You just are not. Now, let's flip the script a little. Now, all the way to Florida where, let's see there, there we go. Governor DeSantis signs bill to ban gender treatments for minors. Yay happy. Because frankly, uh, yeah, th this is dumb. I do not, I have never understood what it is with the alphabet people um, and their just bloodlust to take kids under the age of 18 and turn them into some messed up version 
of who they were actually born to be. I've never understood it. I mean, yes, it's bad enough when you're teaching gender ideology in schools, when you've got essentially pornography in school libraries and everything else, and yet you just want to turn minor kids who just want to be kids. But no, you got to put this gender confusion and dysphoria into their minds so that you can groom them into your very image, which is messed up. I've never understood that. And anybody like Governor DeSantis and other states that have come up with anti-gender uh, uh, treatment laws, you know, on minors, gen you know, that gender-affirming care, not any doctor who would be into that is one sick puppy. And I would not even, uh, moms and dads, if you got somebody who, if you have a doctor, a pediatrician, something like that, who is into that sort of thing, ditch them like a bad habit immediately. I mean, like yesterday. Because these people are not practicing the Hippocratic Oath at all. Absolutely none. And if it requires state legislatures to come up with laws saying, hey, you can't treat these kids, take it somewhere else. Now, of course, places like California and probably New York, too, and throw in another blue state, Illinois, it's like, hey, come on out. We'll take care of you. You don't need to tell your parents. We'll help you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. That's not exactly what I would call something that would make me very comfortable, shall we say? So, no, we're, we're not going to do that. So, the heck with it. But yet, hey, the, apparently the alphabet crowd is making it very clear that you either get with our program or we will pretty much just smear you. And there are states like Florida, Texas, and others that are going, eh, whatever, do, what I, do, do your damnedest. But we are not going to let you mess up kids just because you have some agenda. No thanks, sorry, not going to happen. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But just lastly... I want to basically do a little something. Um, let's see, hang on a sec here. Uh, yeah, in Arizona today, in Phoenix, Carrie Lake's trial uh, to get back her place as the rightful and legitimate governor of Arizona has taken place, and they are focusing on signature verification, which was a huge problem in Maricopa County, uh, where I lived for about a year and a half down in Arizona. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just all kinds of messed up. But Carrie Lake was on with uh, Steve Bannon on the war room yesterday, uh, talking about the case. Uh, this was yesterday when she spoke, but the trial started this morning, uh, 9 a.m. Phoenix time. So here's a little something, you know, striking a blow for election integrity, and here's the lady herself. 
And that was really the line in the sand that the county drew during the Arizona audit. And it's not difficult to see why they don't want us looking at those signatures because guess what? They don't match. So this challenge is not simply about a few bad signatures. We are prepared to show the systemic failure of the entire signature verification process, the only way we have security on those mail-in ballots, by the way, and it's a complete joke. And I know, you know, we're old enough to remember the Carter-Baker report, Steve. It wasn't that long ago when even the Democrats benefited mail-in voting as one of the uh, greatest potential sources of fraud because it opens up the chain of custody to malicious activity. And that's what we saw in this election. So signature verification is one of the only methods to verify that a mail-in ballot would be authentic and the process we have in Maricopa County is a complete sham. They're not following the law at all. So my team and I, we've identified three whistleblowers who were intimately involved in the signature verification process in Maricopa County. They speak of how they were rejecting tens of thousands of signatures up to the tune of maybe 130,000 ballots. And then somewhere above them in the chain of command, they were just being sent on through. Those ballots were being sent through anyway. And you should see some of these signatures. It's like a chicken scratch. Uh, scrawls, it's an absolute joke, doesn't even match the, the voter's signature. It's a willful violation of the law, and we're not going to sit here and take it anymore. So we're going to prove this. These mismatched signatures, they were added to the final count. They should have been tossed out completely. Our whistleblowers, Steve, are going to be exposing the uh, process for what it's worth and what it is. It's a complete sham. It's a lie. It's Maricopa County's way of injecting hundreds of thousands of bad ballots into the system and we're confident that the number of fraudulent ballots exceeds the 17,000 margin separating myself and Katie Hobbs in their count of the election and, and this is just the tip of the iceberg oh this could get interesting folks we're definitely going to be tracking this I think there's a, another day of the hearing and let's see what happens and hopefully the Arizona Supreme Court uh, has enough integrity to say, uh, we got a problem here. And I can assure you, racist Katie Hobbs and her cronies uh, throughout Arizona state government are going to do whatever they possibly can to get this thing dismissed or find a judgment in their favor when they know beyond a shadow of any doubt that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors screwed up and they screwed up big time. I mean, they screwed the pooch so bad that dog breeders are in tears everywhere. So yeah, this is going to be a real fun one. So I'm praying that she gets, uh, she gets a ruling in her favor because she needs to be the she is the actual legitimate governor and it needs just to be confirmed by a judiciary with some steel in their spine and integrity which is rather asking a lot these days that's for sure but i can see by the old clock on the wall i believe we are finished for today covered a lot of territory uh to make up uh for missing yesterday that's for sure uh, tomorrow will be our last show here in Tampa uh, on the fabulous Florida tour. 
uh, we will be returning, let's see, Friday will be a travel day, so there won't be a, a show then, but we've had a great time here so far in uh, Tampa, St. Petersburg, and hopefully more to come, and we'll put it out on, on all of our social media. Until then, everybody, have a great evening. See you tomorrow, and as always, remember, patriots come in all colors. Oh, 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 oh,